Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and you are tuned in to Calvary Live. So glad that you can join us at this time. And for the next hour, I will be your host. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I'm here ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number to call and to be on the air, it's 303-690-3000. I'll repeat that number throughout the hour, uh, but uh, give us a call. Grab one of those open lines. The uh, sooner you grab it, the quicker you'll be online and be able to uh, give your prayer requests or to ask your question that perhaps you have uh, concerning the Bible or Christian living or our worldview on certain things. And we'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, the things that are important to you, uh, to help you get clarity and understanding uh, in your Bible reading, uh, perhaps just give you some uh, encouragement from the Word of God, and also to be able to pray with you uh, as you give your prayer requests. It's so awesome to be able to come together, to pray together, to go to the throne of grace in our time of need. And so 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You can text in a question or a prayer request at 720 Nine seven, and if time allows us, we'll go to those text questions and prayer requests uh, as we continue through the show. Want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, uh, in Southern Colorado, Pueblo, and Fountain, Whitefield, Security, uh, Colorado Springs, and then also Northern Colorado from Castle Rock in the Metro area on up into Southern Wyoming. Welcome. Today, it's such a wonderful day, a beautiful day, and uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000. You are listening live, but we also want to welcome all those listening on the East Coast, on Truth FM and Hope FM. You are a week delayed, but you can call at that number, 303-690-3000, and be on the air. And so many of you call from the East Coast, from Baltimore and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and um, other parts of the East, and so glad that we can be a part of your lives. So give us a call, and uh, that text number I'm going to give to you once more, 720-336-0897. I also want to welcome all the online listeners, as uh, you can call anywhere in the United States that number, and uh, we can talk to you, and, and you can be on the show and uh, looking forward to what the Lord has for us in this hour. Well, we know that this is a very special week because this is Easter week, or what the Church calls Holy Week. It began on Sunday with Palm Sunday, as uh, here at Calvary Greeley, we remembered uh, Jesus and looked at that account in Luke's Gospel of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which is interesting. We call it the triumphal entry, uh, but truly his triumphal entry is going to be when he comes in his second coming and uh, when he comes to rule and reign. But we call it the triumphal entry of Jesus. It was the one day where he uh, would allow public 
a declaration of Messiah as the crowds cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus orchestrated that event. He told his disciples to go and get uh, this little colt, this foal, and uh, he would ride in as the people waved the palm branches, and as they laid their clothes on the road, uh, there was a large multitude that followed Jesus up from the Jordan Valley, from Jericho, singing the songs of the ascents as you read those psalms there in Psalm 120 to 134, all the way up to Jerusalem, and they would follow him in. And then Matthew says that in John's gospel that the people in the city that were already there came out to meet him. They were moved, where we get our word seismic. Uh, It was like the whole city was shooken, and um, it was an incredible event. And we looked at the implications of Jesus' triumphal entry, and uh, it was wonderful. And then, of course, the next day he cleanses the temple, We know that uh, as uh, he is there for the Passover feast, that the religious leaders are trying to trap him and trick him and uh, ask him questions to find fault with him, but he answered them perfectly. He's the Passover lamb, just as the book of Exodus says that you're to pick a lamb on the 10th of Nisan, and they were to inspect that lamb. It was to be without blemish, and then on the 14th, that lamb was to be uh, sacrificed, was to be put to death, and they would examine him. They tried to find fault with him, but it was declared, I find no fault in this man. This man is innocent. He is the perfect lamb of God. That is our Passover lamb that, of course, on Friday we're going to be looking at the account of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And we're going to have a noon service here at Calvary Greeley. And then this weekend we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have four services, 6 o'clock on Saturday evening, and then 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock on Resurrection Sunday. So if you're in the Greeley area, we'd love for you to come and worship with us And uh, as we proclaim that the tomb is empty, and we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to read to you from 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, because as we were talking about in tomorrow night when we have our service, we're going to look at a portion of the Upper Room Discourse. Jesus, with his disciples, for the last time before he goes to the cross, he's celebrating Passover. It's it's called the Last Supper. And he said, oh, how I desire to, to celebrate Uh, this with you. He wanted to be with them. Um, They didn't understand what was going on in the triumphal entry. Uh, They didn't understand what was going on until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But Peter, at the end of his life, as he writes to the Christians in 1 Peter, he would write this in chapter 1, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold uh, from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And you know, I was sharing with some of the staff uh, today and Um, just sharing, as I see the things going on around me, uh, and I think a lot of you that are listening, perhaps you feel the same way, the things that are being said, the the trend of culture, um, it can be very troubling, and it troubles me how fast um, things are happening uh, around us, um, how 
the moral compass is getting more corrupt, uh, how people are getting further away. But there's a form of godliness denying its power, that people are talking about their creator accepting them just the way that they are, and it's okay to continue in sin. And and we're going to see that trend continue because it's going to be perilous times in the last days. But we have a message of hope and truth that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was put into a tomb, and he rose again, and that is our hope. And uh, I was so blessed to meet a a young college student uh, in this last week that just gave their life to the Lord. And and I think how difficult it is for him uh, because of all the things around him going on and the pressure to be put on him as a new believer. And, and I hope that um, as we give the gospel, and perhaps you're inviting somebody out to, to Easter service or Resurrection Weekend services, as we share with others that we would be one, that we would you know take people and really uh, invest in them. Um, that's really on my heart because um, they, they need that. And we all who are listening need to continue in the scriptures, and that's what Paul told Timothy when it's perilous times. Timothy, you must continue in the holy scriptures that you've learned. So all these things on my heart, and uh, it's a great week. I hope you invite somebody out to your Easter or Resurrection Weekend services, and um, let's share with others the greatest news ever proclaimed, and that is Jesus is alive. Well, Again, welcome everyone. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. So delighted to be with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. And so uh, give us a call and let's talk about the things of the Lord. And let's go to Lori in Baltimore. Lori? Lori, you're on Calvary Live. Lori? Great, great, great. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, I want to be wishing you and hoping that you have a very blessed Resurrection Weekend, because I know those of you listening on the East Coast, it'll play a week later. Um, so uh, it's a wonderful time uh, for us as Christians to be proclaiming uh, the wonderful news that the tomb is empty. So glad you called, Lori. Yes, thank you so much. Um, happy Easter to you as well, or Resurrection Day is a nicer way to yes. put it. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway... I have a question about one-third of the earth being destroyed by the knife or the sword or something, one-third by fire and one-third by the wind. Do you know where this is in the Bible and what it means? Well, the the reference that, as you talk about it, is when uh, God pours out his wrath on a Christ-rejected world in the tribulation period. And, and what you have is um, you have the sealed judgments. Um, and that's in Revelation chapter 6. And the fourth seal, let me read it to you. When he opened up the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. And I look and behold a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power is given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So that's the quarter of the earth that was destroyed by the sword. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of people. You know, how that is all of South America. That is all Central America. <laughs> Wait, Jesus, that is that's all... my dog. Sorry. I'm yeah, sorry to that's... interrupt. But whose yeah. sword is this? Christ's sword or whose sword? 
Well, this is war. It says that it's death and Hades followed. So a look a pale horse and the name who sat was death and Hades followed him. So what we're going to see is that there is, as a result of the you know first four seals, the Antichrist comes on the scene, first seal. Then there's conflict, um, the red horse that comes, um, that should be, uh, people should kill one another. There's given to them a great sword. Then the third seal is scarcity on the earth. And then uh, widespread death on the earth uh, with the fourth seal, uh, with hunger uh, as well, the beasts of the earth coming in and 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 apparently coming in and um, causing people to die. So that's all part of a quarter of the earth being killed. Now, when it comes to fire, when you go to the uh, these uh, trumpets uh, that are blown for judgment, and when you go to uh, the uh, bold judgments that are poured out, like a third of the earth is is burnt up, uh, a third of the oceans turned to blood, um, all these things, and that's why Jesus said it's great tribulation, such as the world has never seen or ever will see again. So go to the book of Revelation. You can read those chapters, chapter 6 through 18, that describes the events that are going to take place in the tribulation period. Well, how do you die by wind? Well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure exactly what the wind is. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that there's going to be fire that's going to burn up. I know there's going to be uh, the ocean's going to turn to blood. Um, And and I'd have to research it, but I don't remember anything by wind. Now, there is um, what is spoken of that the, the angels hold back the winds of the earth. And that could be a judgment in itself because, you know, we have wind patterns and it blows the smog out, you know, of our cities and stuff. So possibly it could be a reference to that when, you know, they hold back the winds and, you know, all this, you know, smoke and stuff's going up in the air. So, you know, read those chapters and you see um, those things being um, spoken of. Um, But it's it's heavy chapters. It's heavy things that are going to be taking place. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. You be, you have a great resurrection weekend, Lori. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, thanks for calling us. 303-690-3000. You know, that's one of the things is um this world is not getting more rosy. It's not getting more cheery. Um there is going to be a time of great tribulation. I believe that the Lord's going to take us the church out of um, the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. That's the good news for us. So we want to, you know, make sure that we are telling people of Jesus and uh, because there is going to be that time of Daniel's 70th week that will come um, to pass. And, and even as John would see these things in chapter 1 of the book of Revelation, John write these things that must take place, not that they might take place, or it's a possibility, but these things that must take place. So um, it, we're studying the book of Revelation. We're going to get into that section on Wednesday nights after this week uh, as we're looking at those things that are yet future. Well, let's go to Alana in Atlantic City on line two. Alana? Yes, hello? How are you? You're on Calvary Live. Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I basically had a question. Um, I wanted to know why the Christian community 
Uh, most of the Christian community believes that dancing is a sin. Um, I'm not referring to just one. I know there's different types of dances depending on cultures and whatever, but I wanted to know why most of the Christian community think that dancing is basically a sin. Well, there's some some circles that, you know, don't um, adhere to any dancing whatsoever. They see it as sensual and um, tempt, tempting and, and all of this. You know, people ask me, is it okay, you know, can Christians dance? And I just kind of answer, some can and some can't, I guess. Um, you know, there's, there's, I don't think every form of dancing is a sin. Um, I remember officiating a wedding, and um, there was um, someone that, you know, she wanted to have the first, you know, dance with her, you know, or dance with her father. That's traditional. And her father yeah. absolutely would not do that because he saw it as sin. That was his conviction. Um, you know, dance has been a part, like you said, of our culture. In some cultures, like in the Jewish culture, um, the Jews, it was real important for them to dance, still is today. Um, in other parts, there's, you know, those kinds of things. I think where, you know, where uh, Christians can get into trouble is when it becomes sensual, when it becomes... Yeah that kind of thing. And, you know, we have liberty in Christ. And all things may be lawful for us, but not all things are helpful. And there are some people that have the conviction that any form of dancing is sin. Uh, They can't do it. They can't do it by faith. And Paul talks about that in the book of Romans. And um, But others feel like, you know, they can do that and, um, and that it's not sin. So it's all part of liberty that you have in Christ. And uh, when you look at the liberty of Christ, um, you know, is it uh, something that will cause me to sin or stumble others? Those are the kind of questions that you ask. And so, um, like I said, some Christians don't have a problem with it. They say it's okay. I think it is a problem when it does become sensual, when it does, you know, in the atmosphere where there's, you know, carnality uh, that's taking place and things like that. And I think all of us, we know what kind of atmosphere that can be like and uh, those kinds of things. But there are other times uh, where, you know, um, you, you know, Christians feel like they can do that without sinning. Yeah. Okay. Does that help? Yes, I, yes, it does. And I, I completely agree. Like, I know there's a lot of dancing in the Jewish um, traditions and cultures, so... Um, it it does help to hear from someone. Thank you. You know, I remember, uh, Ileana, I remember going to Thailand and going way up in the mountains of Thailand up by Laos, and we were in this village that um, was tucked away, and they were doing this tribal dance um, that they did for a whole week, and it was basically uh, going around in a circle, you know, uh, beating the drums, and they did that all day long, all day long, and they wanted us to join in with them. You know, it wasn't sin. It was part of their culture. It was part of something that that um, it was an, actually an honor to be asked to be a part of that. And um, so, you know, there's all those considerations that take place. But I, I would say this, that if it's dancing where it, it causes you in, to pull you into temptation or it's sensual, or I, I think we know what that is, uh, causes carnality, then we just need to just stay away from it. And um, and we want to do all things unto the Lord. So, hey, good question, Eliana. God bless you. Have a great Resurrection Weekend. You as well. Thank you. God bless. Uh-huh. 
You bet. Bye-bye. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line, and um, maybe perhaps you got a question, and uh, maybe you got a prayer request. Uh, give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh, you also have a second means to be able to do that, a dedicated text line. Make sure you're safe as you're texting in a question or a prayer request. And that is 720-336-0897. So let's go to our next caller, which is Chris in Denver. Chris? Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to Calvary Live. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my question was on, uh, I guess, the uh, 69 weeks in the Daniel's prophecy on uh, cause of Palm Sunday just happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could uh, elaborate from, you know, the going forth of the command from, I think it's King or Texas, is that right? To uh-huh. the coming of the Prince Messiah. Uh-huh. What Daniel was told, and, and I think it's one of the most amazing prophecies that there is in Scripture. And um, what I'm going to do, uh, Chris, is kind of tied into the triumphal entry. And Daniel here, he's praying that 70 years are almost over for their captivity. So he's praying, and all of a sudden Gabriel shows up and says, Listen, Daniel, uh, I'm going to speak to you not just about 70 years, but 70 weeks. And 70 weeks or 70 periods of seven years are determined for your people and for your holy city. So we know it's a prophecy concerning the Jews, right? Because right. who's Daniel's people? It's it's the Jews. And, you know, who is, you know, the considered, you know, or what is considered the holy city? That's Jerusalem. It's not Rome. It's not Washington, D.C. It's not Salt Lake City. It's It's no other city. It's Jerusalem. There are those who will say, oh, this was for the Christians. It's for the Jews. Daniel's people are the Jews that are in captivity. So he goes on and he says that um, 70 weeks are determined for your people in your holy city. And then he goes on and he says that after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. So he, he's, he says, know therefore and understand that the going forth of the command and rebuild and restore Jerusalem, I'm backing up to verse 25, until Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So that's 69 periods of seven years, or 483 years. And the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome time. So what the prophecy is, there's going to be 483 years that are going to pass from the time that the command comes out to rebuild and restore Jerusalem. Now, we know that that command was not in 530, um, you know, 6 B.C., when um, the decree was made by Cyrus that the Jews could go back and rebuild the temple. That was a different decree. So Zerubbabel, the civil leader, um, there is Joshua the high priest, goes back, and they uh, rebuilt the temple eventually. We know that it was... A decree given in Nehemiah chapter 2 when Nehemiah the cupbearer goes to Artaxerxes and he asked him, you know, can I go back? My city lays in ruins. The wall's not built. The streets are, you know, still in ruins. And the command was given on the first day of Nisan in 445 B.C. So they've done calculations and there's there's different, you know, um, you know uh, conclusions that have come. But to use the Jewish calendar that some calculations have come to April 6, 32 A.D. Some have come to, you know, April 2nd, 33 A.D. But, 
you can start the the clock, and that is the time where Jesus would ride into Jerusalem. So it's an amazing prophecy. That's sixty nine yeah. weeks when the command comes out on March fourteenth, four forty five BC, is what the British Royal Observatory uh, has said when that decree came out, and they did the calculations. 483 years times 360 days is 173,880 days, which comes to April 6, 32 AD, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And that is why in Luke's gospel that Jesus said, you should have known the day of your visitation. Visitation, right. Ah. You should have known the day of your visitation. He's weeping. The people are cheering. Luke's narrative tells us that they expected him to usher the kingdom of God in right away. They're thinking, boy, the you know, the Romans are going to get theirs, and it is Jesus that is weeping, because as he um, is looking at all this, he said, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from you. And he goes on, and he talks about how Jerusalem's going to be surrounded and destroyed, because you did not know the day of your visitation. It was the religious leaders that were saying, tell your disciples to be quiet, because they are ascribing to him the title of Messiah. There's no question about it. And mm-hmm. and they're saying, be quiet, this is blasphemy. And Jesus said, what? If these should be quiet, the very rocks will cry out, because this is the day of your visitation. 483 years, mm-hmm. or 173,880 days, after the decree of to rebuild and restore uh, Jerusalem made in Nehemiah chapter 2. Isn't the scriptures amazing? Absolutely amazing. amazing. Now here's the other thing, um, Chris, that this is a very important prophecy, because that's 69 weeks. He said there's 70 weeks, right? Right. So there's still a seven-year period or one-week period that is determined for the Jews and for Jerusalem, and that is the tribulation period. So you have to understand that prophecy and the timeline of that prophecy, or you're going to get all goofed up and mixed up in end-time prophecy. So we know that the tribulation period is a one-week period, and in the middle of that week she'll bring an end to sacrifice and offering on the wings of abomination. She'll be one who makes desolate, the prophecy goes on to say. And that's where Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of Daniel the prophet, then flee. You need to flee uh, because it's going to be great tribulation. So that's the tribulation period spoken of that I was talking to someone earlier. Earlier, um, yeah, I heard to, that, yes. To, to Lori, that that's a seven-year period from chapter 6 through 18 of the book of Revelation, then chapter 19 is the second coming, and that concludes that seven-year period. And during that time, Chris, is when uh, the Jews, their eyes are going to be open, and Paul says in Romans chapter 11 that all of Israel will be saved. So that has a lot to do with that prophecy, amazing, amazing prophecy Daniel's 70th week. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, well, God bless you, and uh, bless the rest of your show. Yeah, thank you, Chris, and you have a great Resurrection weekend. You as well. God bless you. Bye-bye. You know, one of the things that's, that's so important um, is that, um, that we learn the Scriptures and be able to share the Scriptures with others, because the Scriptures is so amazing. And in today's world, in culture, a lot of people, they don't know the Scriptures. They don't know anything about the Scriptures. They, they, we live more in a culture where uh, people never went to church. And so we want to keep it 
the simplicity of the scriptures, but we also want to make clarity of the scriptures and share with them God's word and the prophecies that are there. And, you know, the word of God is alive and powerful. And when we're able to explain it, um, when we're able to share it with others, and and then uh, not only given the implication, but the application for our lives, oh, it, it, it goes such a long ways. The Word of God is alive, so make sure that you're giving people the Word of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and I do hope that you invite somebody out to your Resurrection Weekend uh, services, the Good Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Hey, we got an open line. We got some people that are holding. We'll get to your calls as soon as we get back. We're going to take a break, the only break of Calvary Live, and we'll see you in about 90 seconds. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figgs, pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon, this Tuesday before Resurrection Weekend. So blessed to be with you and what a special, special time for us as Christians to celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, I hope we realize that we have the only true hope that there is in this world. We have a living hope that Peter writes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a dead hope. It is a living hope, and and he's the one that has given us hope uh, because he went to the cross and died for our sins, and he rose again, and we want to proclaim that, and we want to stand firm on that. And uh, what a, what a wonderful uh, time for us to always remember that. And what my hope and prayer is, is not only for this week, but for every day of our lives, that we would never take for granted the cross, what Jesus has done for us, his resurrection, the, the blessing, the benefit of being a Christian, having God's word. We are the most blessed people in the world. And matter of fact, somebody was um, just texting in. I was going through the text questions, and you can text in at 720-336-0897. And the question was, is everyone a child of God? Uh, Is everyone um, considered the children of God? It's only those, and I want to read to you from uh, chapter 8 of Romans, because you hear that a lot today, that we're all children of God, we're all, uh, you know, um, God's uh, sons and daughters, and uh And I want to read from chapter 8, where Paul writes that, um, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but to receive the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And you see, we are the only ones that can truly cry out. Abba means literally Papa. We are who are in Christ, who believe in Christ, who are born again by the Spirit of God, um, that we are the only ones that can truly cry out, Abba, Father, because we have the spirit of adoption. He writes the same thing in the book of Galatians. We have the spirit of adoption, and we are joint heirs with Christ, is what Paul goes on to say, and um, and that is so wonderful. So those of us who are in Christ, we are true 
daughters and sons of the living God, joint heirs with Christ, having the spirit of adoption, that we can cry out, Abba, Father. Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Maybe you got a question about the Bible or you got a prayer request. But uh, let's see if Rudy is still there, Rudy in Denver. Rudy? Good afternoon. Hey, thanks for holding. Yes, sir. You're on Calvary Live. All right, I'll just uh, ask for prayer. Just, just, uh, yesterday I've been, I woke up kind of feeling on edge with temptation. I've talked to my wife about it, and I've prayed about it. I've prayed this morning. I've prayed all, you know, every time I got a chance to talk to God. Um, I just always feel peace with your guys' prayer there at Calvary on the radio, and I call in regularly when I can, when I can get through. I'd Good. ask for prayer Good. just to get me through this week, you know, get me through. I have a picnic I'm hosting for Easter. You know, no Easter bunnies are cute little rabbits. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's all for Jesus and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, you know, I just feel yeah. someone tell me, drink, Rudy, it's Easter, drink. You know, something I've done yeah. most of my life, and I've just recently kind of just turned my life around. The good, family good. and, Praise you know, a home and everything. But uh, I'm just feeling it. I'm just feeling the temptation. Like, Rudy, mm-hmm. can have a drink, you know. Go. Yeah. Yeah, Rudy, you you said it's over at your your place, or um, that you're having the Easter with family and everything. And and the reason that that I say that is because it's not a sin to be tempted. Um, it's it's you know we we all get tempted, and um, but I want to read to you from First Corinthians chapter ten, and then we're going to pray for you because I'm so glad you called in to, to for prayer. I think God's going to honor that and um, honor your heart that you want to, all for Jesus, like you said. Um, But he says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all men, but God is faithful, who will now allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with every temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And there is a way of escape, and you're doing that right now by asking for prayer. Uh, We all get tempted. But the Lord desires to give you a way of escape, and that is uh, as you pray, as you ask for prayer, as you, you know, uh, ask God for help, uh, as you say, listen, I used to be that way, but not anymore. It's kind of like Matthew. Matthew, you know, he invited uh, all his friends over uh, to his house when Jesus said, come follow me. And it was the religious leaders that were scoffing and, you know, why is your you know, mastery with sinners is what they were saying yeah. to the disciples. And, and, and Jesus said, listen, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And, and you having people over to your house, I think it's so wonderful because you get to be a light and you get to be a voice of truth and you get to be uh, a witness with your life and with your words saying, listen, I used to be this way, but not anymore. And uh, I love Jesus, and and it's about Jesus. And um, and uh, Easter for me is about celebrating the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ, not taking a drink. And you get to do that in a very loving way, in a very real way with with family and friends that you have. And I think it's wonderful because uh, yeah. you get to be that light to them. And you may be, you know, the only light that there is to a lot of them. Now I'm going I'm so, to lead us into prayer before dinner is served. That's what I want to do. Thank you. Do that. I want everybody to know. And I feel like some are going to roll their eyes, you know, but, hey, it's okay if they're, you know, it's they're okay. shy. And, you Amen. <laughs> Amen. So glad you said that. Father, I pray for Rudy. I thank you for his heart as he calls in. 
And I do pray that you'd help him to be strong. He has opportunity to be light. He has opportunity to, you know, be a, a voice of truth. Um, and Lord, that he would, and he would stand firm in your love, not in a haughty way, but Lord, in a very humbled way, that people, his family, friends that are there, uh, the children, whoever, um, we thank you for family. I thank you that they can gather with him, but he would really um, just, uh, that they would just see the goodness and the blessing and the benefit of him following you, that you are real in his life, and that they would be jealous, you know, provoked, uh, even as Paul would write in, in Romans 11, being provoked to jealousy. Um, and so, Lord, I pray you be with Rudy. Help him with the temptations that may be there. And, um, Lord, give him a way of escape, just as you're doing right now, to be in prayer, uh, to, to, to honor you, to speak of you uh, during this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God so bless much. you, Rudy. God bless you. Have a God bless you have too. a great have, have a good week. Uh huh. Uh huh. You too. Have a great resurrection weekend. So great, you know, when we have people over, um, you know, to be able to to really be a testimony of God's goodness and his grace and his love for us. And, and, you know, when you go out to eat, pray, pray in a restaurant. That's what my family does. We're not ashamed of doing that. Um, you know, just uh, be a light. You don't have to do it in a haughty way. You don't have to draw, you know, all this attention to yourself. People might notice. But you stand for the Lord. And, and you say, just as Rudy is saying, and I meant to say this to Rudy, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I hope more Christians do that. Um, we serve the Lord, we love the Lord, and we're not ashamed of it, and we speak of the things of the Lord in our home and, and in our life, wherever we go. So God bless you, Rudy. Glad you called for that prayer. Let's go to Adam in Denver. Adam? Yes. Adam, are you there? Yeah, you're yes, on Calvary Live. Thanks for Hi, holding. Pastor. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a wonderful week. Yes, it is. Can we pray for you? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I've just been um, feeling the Lord knocking on the door of my heart a lot lately. Um, I'm currently a backslider, um, and I've just been coming to that place within myself of where, you know, I'm wanting to get back to the things that He's, like, originally called me to. Um, mm -hmm. But there's just a part of me that feels like, you know, He kind of would just, like, look down at me and, you know, no. Thumb his nose at me and, you know, wonder what I'm, you know, doing back. Or yeah. um, There's just been a lot holding me back, and um, I just, I don't know. I just, it's been really hard being out here in the world and just yeah. feeling empty and, you know. Right. Yeah, I just, absolutely. I and, you know what, Adam, you're not alone. You know, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. That's one of his tactics. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he'll whisper in your ear that you're no good and God doesn't love you, you're spiritual waste, and, you know, stay away. And, um, you know, um, and there may be even people, unfortunately, that may make you feel that way. Yeah. You know, uh, I think of the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son um, in Luke's Gospel. And that prodigal, you know, he was out in the world. Um, he was doing all kinds of carnality and sin. He found himself, you know, in the pig pen, and he came to his senses, and he says, I'm going to go home to my father. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and his father sees him. 
And you know what I find interesting, that his father saw him and ran to him. And it tells me that the father was looking for the son to return. Mm -hmm. I think in that story that that father went to the edge of the road every day looking for his son to come back. And I want to tell you this, Adam, that the father is looking for you to come home. Yeah. He's looking for you to come home to him. And the, the only time that we see God in a hurry is when he ran to his son to receive mm-hmm. him. And he's ready to receive you. And there was the older son that said, you know, how can you do that? Um, and that story has as much to, to learn about him and his attitude. And there may be people that say, you know, you've been in the pig pen. And what are you doing here? What makes you think you can come back to the Lord? And Satan will do that. But you yeah. come home. You come home, Adam. He loves you. He mm-hmm. will never stop loving you. And I want to read to you from Romans chapter 8, because we can think that, you know, God, you know, holds us out at arm's length and, you know, just kind of puts up with this. But here is Paul that he writes about God's love. And he says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We're counted as a sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height or death or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, in Romans chapter 8 it begins with there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And the chapter ends by there's no separation. Listen, he loves you. There's nothing that you can do to make him stop loving you. And he's calling you home. He's calling you home right now to turn away from the world because I'll tell you this, the world will leave you depressed and yeah. in bondage and defeated. And the world will leave you in, in uh, dire strait and defeated. And it is a life living for Jesus that we, you're going to experience that abundant life and true freedom. Mm-hmm. The tactic of the enemy is this, live for the world and you'll be free. You're going to end up in bondage. You know, the tactic of the enemy is do what you want to do, and you're going to end up, you know, in just being unfulfilled and unsatisfied. It is a life living for Jesus where you're going to find yourself being blessed, and you're going to find yourself being free, and find yourself being strong and comforted. We get to walk in his wisdom. We don't have to put up with the garbage of the world. Yeah. You know, he's calling you home, Adam. You ready to come home? Yes. Let's do that, okay? Amen. Father, I, I pray for Adam, and I pray he would not buy into the lie of the enemy that comes along and says, you can't go home. You can't go back to the Father. You'll never be forgiven. That Adam, as he, you know, even after we get done praying, would just cry out to you and say, Father, I'm home. I'm home. I want to come home. I've seen what the world does. It's been hard. Help me, forgive me, and and I want to live a life for you. I want to be free. I want to be comforted. Uh, I want to, um, Lord, experience the abundant life that you have for me. And I know that you love me because your word declares it. So I come home. Forgive me. I repent, and I want to live a life for you, Lord. Bring the comfort to, the, to me that I need. And, Lord, help me to be with the brethren, to grow in your word to walk in the Spirit. And, and Lord, I thank you for your love and what you did for me on Calvary's cross, bringing forgiveness. 
And Lord, I am yours. And I thank you that your word declares there's no separation from your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. You bet, Adam. Adam, you call me back. Let me know how you're doing. Absolutely. You you know, and be in church. Get in fellowship and hang on to the Lord. Yeah. Hang on tight because it is a nasty world out there. Absolutely. And, um, it's getting darker. And I'll tell you what, I tell people you go out in the world, it's going to wipe you out and it's mm-hmm. going to do you in. And so hang on. Hang on to the brother. And that's why we need to be in fellowship. It's not a legalistic thing. It's a wisdom thing. And we need each other, and we need prayer. Keep listening to Grace FM. Get in a good Bible-teaching church, um, you know, and you're going to find yourself growing and healing and being comforted and uh, growing in the Lord in a way that we all need to. So God bless you, Adam. Have a great Resurrection Weekend. Likewise. Thanks, Pastor. You bet. Bye-bye. 303 is the number to call to be on Calvary Live. Let's go to Sandy in New Jersey. Sandy, Hi. how are Hi. you? Good, how Thanks are you Thanks for doing? calling. You're on Calvary Live. You got a question for me? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about prayer. Um, I was told by a pastor that, um, like, everything's written in stone. Like, I, I know God knows our requests before we ask, and He knows our needs and our wants and everything. And not all prayers are answered, I agree. But it's like, um, He impressed upon me that even though we ask, it doesn't matter because it's already, you know, set out there. Like if, if somebody is sick and they're going to die, they're going to die no matter how much you ask for God to save them. And if you're going to get the job, you're either going to get it or not get it because it's already set. doesn't mean if you ask or you pray or anything. It doesn't matter because God knows if you're going to get it or not. So you ask, and it really doesn't make any sense. It kind of made me feel like it's pulling me away from my prayer life. Like, what is the point? I think the only That's thing I can bad. do is... Praise God yeah. and thank Him for what He's given me. But as far as a request, I feel like, oh, and I've always prayed and always felt good about it, but I don't now. Yeah. You keep praying. Listen, right. Sandy, keep praying. Jesus said, ask, please ask that your joy may be full. We see the, you know, the, the story that Jesus told of the persistent widow that kept going to the judge and kept asking. We see that we are to ask when we need wisdom. Uh, that's prayer. Uh, ask of God and he'll give it to you liberally. Ask in faith. Uh, we know that we are to ask when he says, be anxious for nothing, but through everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We know in Romans chapter 8 that we're to pray when we're overwhelmed and the Holy Spirit is there to make intercessions when there's groanings, when we don't know what the will of God is that we are to pray, and the Holy Spirit will help us in that. There's all kinds of good reasons to be praying. Um, and we see that Jesus prayed, didn't he, Sandy? Yes, I know. I said that to him. And he says yeah, he, when he, he prayed to the Father, he says that um, it was an unanswered prayer because he did not want to go through the crucifixion, yet no, he did. And I said, I'm okay with unanswered prayers, and I thank God we get them so it's for our best, you know? But it's like he almost, almost made it sound like, um, it doesn't matter what we ask for, because God already knows what he's going to do. It's not going to change the outcome of it. It's well, uh, you know, I don't know what he meant by you know, Jesus. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. That's ultimately, we want to do the will of God. But we can ask, we can pray, 
uh, we can give him our request? Sometimes he says yes. You know, Isaiah chapter 30 says, come to me, you know, seek me, call out to me. He was telling the children of Israel, you're going to Egypt, you're going to the world, and then wait on me, and then you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is it, Uh, go to the left, go to the right. But we need direction, we need wisdom, we need comfort, and we can ask for prayer and supplication, and he promises that he will not withhold anything that is good, because Romans chapter 8, that, you know, he did not spare his only son. So how much will he freely give us all things, or that is all good things? And here's the thing, Sandy, prayer is the vehicle which moves God. I don't know exactly how it works. It's not like, you know, some people put prayer as, you know, God is a slot machine, and here's my token, and I pull the handle (laughs) and give me the jackpot. That isn't prayer, but prayer is, Lord, here's here's my heart, here's my desire, is communicating with God, and and here's you know, and He helps us, and sometimes He helps us sort things out, and uh, sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says wait. So yeah, God has His will, and I want to do God's will, but I still right. going to ask. There's nothing wrong with asking. He wants His children to ask, and that's why Jesus said, "Ask, please ask, that your joy may be full." So I want to encourage everybody out there, be in prayer. Oh, it's so important. We had a a time of prayer and fasting at our church last week, and we were praying for the church. We were praying for our needs. You know, we were praying for the leadership. We were praying for um, all kinds of things. And I'm so glad that we can go to a loving Father who cares about every area of our lives and lift it up before the Lord. But ultimately it is, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And um, and whatever you have, I know it's going to be the very best, but, uh, you know, we can pray for healing. We're told to do that. We're told to anoint the sick and, and pray. Um, so um, those who say, well, you shouldn't pray because God's going to do what he does, seems a little cold and callous to me um, to do that and um, to say that and to think that. I encourage people, spend time in prayer, man. Ask the Lord. Go to him. Go to him. Go to your loving Father. So, Sandy, you keep praying, all right? Okay, I will. Thank you so much. If he says no, he says no. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I just um, didn't want to feel like it was futile. You know, it just doesn't matter. You know, you bet, Sandy. God bless you, and have a great resurrection uh, weekend uh, coming up. You You also. Thank you. Uh-huh. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call for you to be on the air. And um love to be able to talk with you while we got a little time. Let's go to D- Dion in Lafayette. Dion? Uh, hi, how you doing, Pastor? Good, man. How are you, Dion? Man. Hard? I'm, I'm going through it, but I'm, I'm good mm-hmm. now. Better now. Okay. And the Lord is there. He's going to help you, and we're going to pray for you. Yes, Absolutely. The Lord knows your needs. And I've listen, seen Dion. Some guidance you, and just uh mm-hmm. just freedom prayer with my family and got these chains of addiction and I'm sorry. Okay. Just, no, you don't have to be sorry. We're we're here to pray for you and the Lord loves you and he's there to help you. All right? Okay. Okay. All right, let's pray, Dion. Father, I pray for, for Dion. He's struggling. He's hurting. 
He's battling addiction. He's going through a hard time. He has needs, and I pray that you would help him with his needs, that you would free him from this addiction, Lord, that you are able to bring that healing to him. And, Lord, that you would help him, that he would get help from people, brothers and sisters around him, particularly some brothers that help him. Um, Lord, encourage him and pray for him. And, Lord, I just pray for Dion that he would experience the freedom that is in Christ Jesus that only you can truly give. So, Lord, that he would know you love him, you desire to help him, that he would just just completely be surrendered to you. I thank you that he took the time to reach out and to call and to get help. So, Lord, I pray for him. I pray that you would meet his needs and you would help him and strengthen him right now to help him be the man of God that you want him to be for his family and in every way, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dion, you keep you keep you keep in touch. Okay. Okay. Father, I pray for Dion's wife, whatever she's struggling with. I pray for this couple that they would know their hope is in you, a life surrendered to you. I pray that you would be with them, help them, Lord, help them uh, in every way. And Lord, may you just do that healing work, that freeing work in her as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Hang on to Jesus. Hang on to Jesus, man. I will. Right. Thank you so much. You bet. Absolutely. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Let's go to back east to Philadelphia to Bernice. Well, we got some time. Hi, Bernice. How are you? Hi. All right. Hi, Pastor Jake. I'm, How I'm are fine. You? How are you? Good. You got a question for me? We got about yes. five minutes left. Okay, I know. So. It's real close. Okay. My question <laughs> is, um, if Judas had repented, would God have forgiven him for betraying he, Jesus? I mean, yes. Yeah, I, th- I think he would have forgiven him if he had repented. Now, the question comes, did he repent at all? And yes. um, I I think he was remorseful, but I don't okay. think he repented. You know, because what what did Peter do? See, there's a big difference. Two men right. in that last mm-hmm. night failed miserably. One was a Judas, who betrayed the Lord, and the other was Peter, who denied the Lord. He denied him three times. And Judas, he was one that the Lord called him the devil. We know that mm-hmm. Jesus said, even of Judas, that it had been better if he'd never been born. Um, yes. there, there's nothing good said about Judas. So I, I, even though people say, well, he repented, um, he, he was remorseful, I think. Um, we know that he took the money and threw it back at the priest, um, mm-hmm. but... I don't think he truly repented. Peter did repent. He's with the okay. brethren. He repented. Um, he was used of God. So I think Judas would have been, um, you know, uh, would have been forgiven. Uh, Jesus said, I've lost none except the son of perdition. He's called the son of perdition, um, uh-huh. that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So, you know, and that's the other thing, Bernice, that is so sobering, is that Judas was the treasurer. He's the one that everybody trusted in. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit on, on it tomorrow night in that upper room. When Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, they didn't say, aha, it's Judas. Look at him over yeah. there. You know, he's, uh-huh. you know, got shifty eyes. He's, you know, 
um, got little horns on his head. They had no idea. They're going, yeah. who is it? Who is mm-hmm. it? They had no idea. Sometimes people will ask me, what does it mean in Matthew chapter 7 when those who you know, um, said that, you know, didn't we do miracles? Didn't we do these things in the name of Jesus? And Jesus said, I never knew you. Judas, he was one of the 12, but yet his life was a waste. And he was called yeah. the son of perdition. And it's, it's so sad. So it's very sobering to look at Judas' life and to, to see the betrayer. And Peter, he denied the Lord. He thought he, he wept bitterly. And then he was used of the Lord as he was called to ministry and he repented. Um, so God's forgiveness is, is there for anyone who turns uh, for forgiveness. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. Amen? Amen. Thank you. You bet, Bernice. You have a good resurrection weekend. Oh, thank you. You too. God bless you. God bless you. We're getting to the end of the show and uh, had a lot of text questions. Sorry we didn't get to any of them, but I do want to uh, say I hope everybody has a great, great um, resurrection weekend as we look at the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of, of Jesus is not too late to invite somebody out to your church services. And I pray that that resurrected life is living in you, not just this weekend, but every day, because we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. I had a great show. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.